the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. As we head into the third hour, there's uh, been for the past several days no one I've wanted to speak to more than our guest, Brandon Weikert. He, of course, is the author, most uh, most importantly, of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. He's also got books on Iran and China, and he is a columnist with the Asia Times, the Washington Times, American Greatness, others. And uh, we'll get into some of those columns as well. Aside from what's going on in our space, looks like there's some noise coming out of Moldova. We'll want to talk to Brandon about his thoughts on that and start with a uh, a good day, sir. How are you? Well, um, just trying to survive the great balloon invasion. Yeah, right. All of a sudden. Uh, the, I, I, yeah. Is, it, is this something that has transpired before we just didn't know about it or is this yeah. actually new? Yeah. Um, I was asked uh, about a year ago last summer uh, to fly out to a um, uh, military installation that handles 70% of our air defense. And the colonel there had asked me to come out to uh, take a look at some of the radar tracks they were, they were receiving, well, other things as well. But basically, his question to me was what do you think, Brandon, uh, that we are intercepting out here? Because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that they're intercepting off the West Coast that is not um, fitting normal types of aircraft and uh, other vehicles we're familiar with. And I told him, the first thing is, it's not aliens. Uh, you know, that's definitely not what's happening here. What this is, is exotic, highly advanced uh, uh, military technology belonging to either China and or Russia. And I suspect it was China, and I think we're being proven. I'm being proven right. Uh, and that's that, this has been going on for years. Okay, now, so it's not new. It's just now noticed. It's not new, but it's certainly more aggressive and brazen. And my Asia Times article from a week ago uh, which was published right after I was on your show, of yep. course. This is why we can't have nice things. things. Yes, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I, I try to time these things. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, still working the timing out. But uh, basically, I'm a writer, which means I'm never on schedule. No, I, but, I uh, understand. That's fine. <laughs> but basically, I, I got into what exactly is going on. I don't think this is yet a first strike issue that we need to worry about. Okay. I think that could escalate to that. But I think what that – and by the way, the balloon is not a balloon. It's an endo-atmospheric satellite. Say that five times yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, what they shot down over Lake Huron, what supposedly was orbiting or going over Malmstrom Air Force Base where we have a bunch of our Minuteman 3 ICBMs in Montana on Saturday, uh, what they may have shot down over Alaska on Friday, those are not balloons, okay? And that is a cover story that has been concocted 
to save space. And in fact, in the case of the Lake Huron thing, that they're even saying it wasn't a balloon. But the Alaska thing, that looked like, and I could be wrong about this, but it sounded like it was one of those Tic Tac vehicles that has been plaguing U.S. Naval and uh, Marine Air Aviators since 2005 off the coast of California. So um, uh, these things, I think, are sophisticated Chinese technologies. And I think the reason that now suddenly we're being subjected to these brazen, in-your-face encounters is because for the last two months, a series of three- and four-star generals for the United States military have come out and explicitly stated their belief that we will be at war with China in, by 2025. Okay. And so I think what's going on is Beijing is wigging out, going, well, is this talk? Is this posturing from the Americans? Or is this real? And given everything that's going on with Ukraine, nobody would have believed we would have gone this deep into this conflict with nuclear-armed Russia for Ukraine, particularly those in China. I think what's going on is the Chinese are sending all of their sophisticated surveillance equipment to American military units' point of origin, to facilities and units that will most likely be deployed in any potential conflict against China. This is why you had lasers dancing over the skies of Hawaii on January 28th. That was not a NASA satellite. That, too, is a cover story. That was a Chinese satellite. My first article for the Asia Times was talking about that program. Uh, Angelo Cotavia, God rest him, what, the reason he gave my book, Winning Space, the blurb he did was because he was fascinated and intrigued by my research on China's laser capability. Um, what was going on then where the Chinese were trying to use lasers to see if we were deploying our nuclear submarines uh, out of Pearl Harbor heading into the Indo-Pacific. What the so-called balloon was about was using that endo-atmospheric Huawei-built detection gear to see if we were priming up our, um, our nuclear missile silos for a potential strike against China. They were also monitoring the signals between low-Earth orbiting U.S. military satellites and their ground stations to see if there was any kind of uptick in signals between the two. Um, in, in Alaska, you've got a huge facility out there that's an Air Force facility that's basically charged with intercepting vehicles coming in from that part of the world. So that's a big area of interest. Uh, for any enemy like China and or Russia. This is also, by the way, on the heels of the Chinese apparently are building in the South Pole and possibly the North Pole, the depth of the South Pole, a satellite station, a permanent satellite station that is charged with tracking and monitoring uh, and controlling satellites for China going along the north-south polar axis around the Earth which is not something normal satellites, normally they go around east-west. Mm -hmm. The only time you do a polar track is if you're doing a weather survey or if more likely you're looking to uh, deploy weapons uh, into America uh, that are not well defended. The pathway in the north-south polar axis is not well defended by U.S. air defense networks usually. So that's what's going on. This is a giant fact-finding mission from the Chinese. I think it's also a form of Chinese deterrence. Because I think the Chinese aren't sure if maybe Biden's getting ready to start World War III to save his presidency, which at this rate, I wouldn't put it past Biden, to be honest with you. Yeah, let me let me come back on that. Yeah. But before we get rid of all the fun, what um, 
what, why, why so certain? Why, why the certainty that these this is not an alien, uh, inv- uh, an alien invasion or incursion? Um, because because of everything you said out. about China and Russia, probably. Yes, and because we haven't ruled out the more terrestrial yeah. explanation. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't go to the exotic when the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. endemic will do also, just fine. Right. It's also we don't want to admit that there could be an enemy out there like China that might have some more sophistication uh, than what we have, and that's a huge blow to our ego. I mean, remember Japan going into World War II and in very key specific areas of military technology, they were more sophisticated than we were, and we didn't want to admit it, and we got hit on Pearl Harbor because we refused to admit Japan was pioneering aircraft carrier warfare far better than we were. Well, that's what that's – yeah, that's kind of where the statecraft question comes because what you said was very clear, and it seems what the administration is saying is very unclear. Now, I mean, maybe there's a deliberateness for it, but it seems to me the president or at least – Lloyd Austin ought to, if not Kirby, be clear about some of this. They don't want to be clear because clarity it's is a the defeat. enemy right now. Yeah, it's, a de- it's, yeah. it's, a, it's an admission it against interest. Yeah. And then they'd have to admit to the American people that all those trillions of dollars spent on the military, yeah. and it hasn't gotten us anywhere because the Chinese now have technologies that could eventually develop into first strike capabilities, which is the real concern. But in this specific case of the last week, I don't think the first strike is what was going on. Right. But that was where this will lead to if we don't counteract this technology, come up with our own, and maybe leapfrog them. And we won't leapfrog them if we keep doing business as usual like we've been doing since the end of the Cold War. This is why I wrote the book Winning Space, trying to you know raise the situation, uh, trying to, to, to create some hustle on the mind of our leaders. Yeah. Nobody read it. The Chinese read my book, and the Russians did, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is what kind of raises the next question, and I'm going to go to break, so we'll pick it up on the other side of the break, uh, if if you don't mind. But it, it does ra- – thanks. It raises that next question about why they wouldn't want to do this. I mean, if this is about ability and not will, I mean, it's the same question, I suppose, about the border in a sense. If it's a question about ability um, – that's one thing, but it isn't. It's a question about will. It's a question about wanting to do this rather than not having the ability to do this. If you can, if you can give us a psychological exp- explanation when we come back of why they wouldn't want to follow some of the advice you've been giving or fill in these gaps that very clearly we are getting our butts whipped on and prevent these kinds of embarrassments, because it does seem to me at some point, you know, these kinds of see if you know it, Brandon, and our audience knows that the rest of the country has access to knowing it, too, even if Kirby and Biden and Austin, et cetera, don't or at all don't want to tell us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson show. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest. He is the author of several important books. Most uh, relevant right now, Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, Although China's Race to Control Life, Biohacked, his book on China will also be increasingly relevant, too. Uh, Brandon, so to protect our domestic airspace seems to be as much as winning space seems to be really about will and not ability. I mean, we can't do it tomorrow, but we could be on a course that could get this taken care of pretty pretty quickly if we just if we just put our shoulder to the wheel so the question becomes why 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 would there be an element of thought why would there be uh, many elements of thought that are trying to put the brakes on the kinds of things you're talking about and a lot of us 
think is just simple common sense. I mean, it's... Well, it, I, yeah. I, I've already been blacklisted by multiple parties at the DOD since Biden came into power. Yeah. I'm persona non grata. They don't want to um, hear it. No. Um, and I'll tell you what I told the four-star general who basically cursed me out after I said this. Uh, it's a It's a combination of arrogance and ignorance. Yeah. So on the one hand... People in D.C. are the cockiest, most arrogant people you'll ever meet. Yep. They are, they believe, the masters of the universe. It is an affront to them and their worldview that there might be a rival out there somewhere, whether it's China or in specific cases Russia, um, Iran in some cases, or North Korea, that either has developed some technology on par with our own, or in some cases, as in China's case, I believe, has actually leapfrogged us. Uh It's an affront to their arrogance. How dare anybody on our side think there's anyone better out there than the star-spangled awesome Americans? Well, I hate to tell you this, my friends, but our enemies have leapfrogged us precisely because we've told ourselves we're the most developed country in the world. There's nothing left to develop. All we need to do is worry about our pronouns and the uh, the gender diversity, inclusion, and equity stances, and that's all that matters. And going after grandmas who may have gone into the Capitol building on January 6th and hunting Russian ghosts at Mar-a-Lago. That's the key, these people think. And it's ignorance as well. These people in our government, whether they're in military or not, it's usually not as bad in military, but regardless, if you're in government and you reach a certain level, you believe your crap doesn't stink, yeah. and you believe you figured it out, and you also you have, you're also very ignorant yeah. because most of the people running these policies are not actual experts in the arenas that they're supposed to be running policy in. You know how many non-Mandarin speakers do we have running Chinese policy shops in the U.S. intelligence and military circles? How many um, non-technological background people? Do we have until very, very recently in the top spots of our defense acquisition programs? There was another report I posted over the weekend that cuts to the core of this in a way where the Federal News Service has come out and said we are at an all time low of getting new private small startups worked into the elephant time defense acquisitions program process. What that means is we are increasingly having to rely on the same handful of defense contractors who are too big for their own good, they are too inefficient, too expensive, and they never perform the way they're supposed to, which creates critical strategic gaps in our defense. And the reason these smaller companies aren't bidding anymore is because they're being cut out either by the bureaucracy, which doesn't want to deal with them, or because the big companies are boxing them out by using their political uh, appeal with Congress to basically prevent the contracts from going to those smaller companies. Those smaller companies don't have the ability to wait around. They've got to move quick. They've got to earn a profit because they're so small. So they go outside of the government to the private sector, and they don't give and work with their capabilities, their innovation, into the larger defense complex, which means America is made weaker that it is harder for us to develop the technology and means to defend ourselves against what I believe to be a technologically, in certain cases, superior foe in China. And by the way, China has no qualms about sharing that technology with their partners like the Russians or the Iranians or the North Koreans. And remember, last weekend, the news report came out that Kim Jong-un rolled out in his most recent military parade 
on the exact number of ICBMs that he would need to overwhelm America's Western, West Coast defenses. It was exact, the exact number. He was sending a message. Then came the news of this dreaded balloon. Then the news of the Chinese satellite. Now this news about Russia and Moldova. Iran is now doing what they're doing, sending these weapons shipments all over the place. Possibly. Oh, yeah. Let, let me stop you on that yeah. one. Iran's Raisi to meet with Chinese Xi Jinping to this strengthen ties. This is all ties. part of the plan, yeah. Yeah. Seth. Yeah. This is a, we are watching. The, so the end of America's unipolar order is, is go, come and gone. We are now at the beginnings of a multipolar order that is post-American, that is highly competitive, and will be rigged against the United States. And autocratic, let us not forget. Autocratic to tyrannical. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it all is happening under Biden's watch, and he doesn't know what to do, and I don't even know if he's aware of it, and I don't even know if he cares. Well, in his State of the Union, he said our relationship with China has never been better. That's a lie. That is a lie. Unless you're China. Unless you're China. And now... And now China's threatening to shoot down some craft of ours that's exotic because we also are developing this technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so supposedly, they're, they're, you know, we've got a fleet now or we've got a couple ships now in South China Sea. There could be a standoff now between us and China. My friends in the audience, this is what the beginnings of World War III looks like. Do not let anybody tell you that this is not that. We are at the beginning of a world system-shattering and altering moment in our history that will go down likely as big of an ordeal as 1914 did. That is where this is headed. Brandon, I I can't get past uh, something you covered very well, but just the ambiguity with which this administration seems it thinks will satisfy us when they continually say things like, well, we haven't ruled out extraterrestrial origins. I mean, are we trying to freak people out here? About the wrong things, evidently. About the wrong things. We should be freaking out about the things you're talking about. I mean, honestly, I think that they think that would be better to talk about aliens. Sure, because it distracts from it. Then it would be the fact that China has developed. And by the way, China's not only developed, their hypersonic system is light years ahead of ours. But also, this craft that was shot down over Alaska on Friday afternoon apparently was jamming the F-22 Raptors targeting systems, and basically the pilot had to basically eyeball the thing when he shot it down. This is a massively expensive fifth-generation warplane. This is our premier interceptor craft, and you're telling me that these so-called balloons are so sophisticated they can jam the targeting sensors on an F-22. The thing that shot down over a Lake Huron, this this octagonal-shaped uh, object, was apparently moving in gravity-defined ways, which could indicate something more than hypersonic technology. Who knows what? I dare to. Say, I don't want to say anti-gravity because I realize that that's going to evoke laughter from my engineering friends. But at this rate, we have to entertain the possibility that our enemies have leapfrogged us, especially when you look at what China has been investing in, in terms of the high-tech exotic technology space, for the last 15 to 20 years. Hold it right there. Hold it right there. Let me pick up on that with you when we come right back. Let me take a quick break. Brandon Weicker will be right with us. Brandon Weikert is our guest, columnist with the Asia Times, the Washington Times, all the important journals, author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. Uh, probably going to need an updated title pretty soon if we keep going at the rate we're, 
or going remains needs to be updated as a as a verb in the past tense. Be preparing for space Pearl Harbor. Yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um I was just thinking, you know, when you were reciting earlier in the previous segment, the uh, first, the lack of actual expertise or required expertise that Washington, D.C. experts in high official capacities um, lack. Um, this shouldn't come as a surprising indictment to anyone who um, followed the 9-11 Commission hearings or read The Looming Tower by Lawrence Wright. I mean, we saw this again and again. And yeah. and, and, and the sad thing is those lessons to the degree we ever learned them have have, have been unlearned uh, and it and and it yeah. seems to me we're gambling like madmen right now just hoping for the best and wishing away the problem like so yeah. many were with the warnings of your richard clarks and um i forgot the yeah. fbi agent's name uh that was uh, uh, john yeah john uh, o'neill or something like that O'Neill. yeah john O'Neill. Yeah. right 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 anyway yeah uh, this is well, and you know, I've actually had the pleasure of meeting Richard Clark. Mm-hmm. Now he hates my politics, but um, yeah, I hate his. Uh, but I, it's yeah, okay. His feelings mutual, it's okay. But you know yeah. what? He, his 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 warnings were spot on, and I said as much to him, and I thanked him for trying to warn us. And I know that he was really doing yeoman's work yep. both in the Clinton and later the Bush administrations. And he should be remembered as being one of the lone voices in the wilderness trying to. And that was the lesson a lot of us drew, was sometimes it's important to listen to these lone voices. That's certainly the lesson I drew, which is why I, I, you know, and I certainly wasn't planning in my career to be the long lone voice, because I know how dangerous that is for my career in government. Those those days are over, though, because now I am the lone voice, and I understand what he felt like. Because you have to really follow the crowd when you're in the government. You have to be totally a company man, and I'm not. And that's why I wrote these books. And Jim Woolsey lasted it. a year in the Clinton administration. Right. Ask him why that's sometime. Right. He'll tell you. I, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And, um, so my point is, though, is that um, you know, we're at a point where the system is so bloated and is run. Let's face it also, the best and brightest are not going into our government anymore. It is run by the C&D team. You look at Lloyd Austin, you think this is the best we could right. do for a secretary of defense. Right. My God. Right. Um, you know, so Mark um, Milley is no more uh, satisfied. Milley, I mean, right. you know, you know, the, 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 the funny part is Milley's the guy that on January 6th was calling the Chinese, pleading them with them. Please don't think this is right. an attack on you. Right. Well, pathetic. Right. Well, pathetic. Right. And now you've got Chinese balloons. Chinese um, endo-atmospheric satellites, Chinese unconventional craft violating our most sensitive airspace. And when we go to call them to say, hey, WTF, man, they're laughing and not even picking up the phone. Yeah. They yeah. don't even scare us. They're not even scared by us anymore. And when your enemy with that kind of technology and those kinds of strategic objectives start not taking you seriously or not fearing you, that is the end of you as a major power. This is Spain on its last legs. This is Britain in its final, final days. This is, uh, you know, Carthage with its great navy right before the navy, right before the Romans came in and salted the earth. That is where this is headed, and it is a very ugly position to be in. I was just thinking, you know, people are comparing so much of our time to the late 1970s uh, when it comes to the economy. We'd be so lucky. Yeah, we'd be so lucky. But one of the interesting things about it was it was one of those rare presidential campaigns 
where the Republican actually did speak a lot about national security and international relations and defense, um, i.e. Ronald Reagan. And and he did it in almost every speech, even on in speeches on domestic issues. Uh, the evil empire speech was not was not a foreign policy speech when he snuck that in there. Right. Um, right. But any which was obviously once he was president. But nonetheless, you take the point that well, for those that downgrade and, and advise against making national security such an issue in a presidential campaign. It has been a long time since we heard it made such an issue. It seems to me ripe for the for the picking. I will protect our borders, well, whether they're on the ground or in the air, you know? I'll put yeah, and it sounds like Trump has been making those comments for the last three weeks, and good for him. DeSantis has been a bit more more core, and I think that's very damaging to him. I think he needs to be more explicit. Uh, talking foreign policy. Well, yeah, well, well, hold on. I, let me take a yeah. break. You have a column yeah. that kind of goes into some of this, too. And, yeah, I and, got a lot of hate mail for that, it. I, that's okay. It's all right. <laughs> you, you, cho- you, cho- you chose to be a, god, a gadfly, not the stingable horse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be right yeah. back. Brandon Weikert is our guest, author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. You also uh, may want to pre-order his books. Not may. You do want to pre-order his books, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, and Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Liebson Show. Brandon Weikert has been our guest. He spells his last name W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T, just in uh, case you uh, were having a hard time uh, checking him out online. Brandon Weikert, W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T. have been spelling names more and more, Brandon. I realize with Liebson, it's these last name spellings aren't self evident truths, <laughs> uh, especially since you and I. Yeah, you do the right thing with the German spelling. I do the wrong thing. We're both E I, <laughs> but I pronounce it wrong. For me, I was, for I was told that it should actually be pronounced Beischer. So oh well, you want to take? Okay, now you really want to get into it. All right, but I, I really, I really like the Weikert. You know, so yeah, that's <laughs> another piece of advice someone gave from Angela Cotavilla's world. Who was it? Oh, I think it was. Uh, who was the other professor over there who did law? The law. Um, I'll oh, think Michael Goldman used to say oh, yeah. whenever someone gives you an idea that sounds a little different, try pronouncing the idea in German. It'll it'll convince you what not to do. Okay. Anyway, anyway. All right. Leapson and Weikert can have this conversation. Um, yes. Okay. So your thought was Ron DeSantis needs to be speaking more on this. It would not be it would not yeah. be odd for him to do so. Ronald Reagan, as a former governor, spoke on this. Right. Uh, it doesn't just and and, and, and by Florida, the way, DeSantis has been. Yeah, DeSantis has sat in on House Foreign Relations and has fought fought for the U.S. Armed Forces. Yeah, so he even comes with more expertise than Ronald Reagan. I remember him very well, very well when he was a congressman. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, the issue now, if we're going to shift to domestic politics... Sure, why not? Why not? um, You know, I wrote the article. um, People don't like it because um, basically I'm making the argument that Biden's speech, the State of the Union speech, his delivery was terrible, but it's Biden, so you kind of expect that. Right. But the the content, and now I don't believe a word of what he's saying. I don't actually think he's going to do this. But the whole thing with, with Biden and the Democrats is I think they've figured out that American enough Americans are distracted in their daily lives enough that if they just come out and superficially do and say things that most Americans believe to be right, 
like lowering the gas prices on the eve of the midterm election and then letting them spike back up after the elections are over, that that will be what they need to stay in power and do what they want. And the key thing here is holding power. Um, and so I think Biden came out and gave a speech that was full of economic populism. That was a speech that Donald Trump would have given had he been president. Um, and uh, now the delivery was terrible. The style was terrible. That's a result of his age and I think of his dementia. But the bottom line is he went out there and gave a very, very stringent defense of economic populism. And he even tricked, and you should read these comments on my article at AG. Um, they didn't read the article. They're just attacking me. The point is, is that Biden went out and, and tricked the Republicans to, into booing. Marjorie Taylor Greene was leading the booing in this one. He tricked them into booing his claim that he was going to save Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. And that is what he wanted. He now has a recording that will be shared on every single Democratic Party ad. Now, I know that the Republicans were booing because they were trying to say that's not what they stand for. But it doesn't matter. People aren't going to pay attention to what the, the meaning of the boos were. Yeah, They're they gave him an ad. The they gave him an ad. Right. They gave him an ad. And that's going to be all you need to lose those independents. Now, I'm telling you right now, at this rate, Joe Biden will be reelected president. Uh, it is because him and his little cabal are very good at tricking people, like I said, who are very distracted and very scared. We live in a very scary time. Americans do not want crazy. And their leaders, they want the appearance of stability and probity. Now, Biden is sleepy Joe, yeah, but he still comes across to many independents and many moderates and even some Republicans as being a steadier hand on the wheel than what's going on in the Republican caucus. And that is just a fact. And nobody wants to talk about this, and I don't really care. That's just a fact. And so the Republicans got to stop acting crazy for the next two years, focus on pushing legislation, even if it doesn't go anywhere. Focus on pushing legislation that's going to save Social Security, preserve Medicare, and maybe even expand Medicare and Medicaid, and put the onus on the Democrats. I know ideologically we don't like it, but we're past that now. We've got to just win, baby, like Dick Vitale used to say. You've got to just win. You're not going to win if you're saying you're going after the big three entitlement programs. So you've got to go out there and just say you're going to protect it, and here's the legislation that you're going to try to protect it with, and you're going to put the onus on the Democrats who are going to try to find every which way to say no because they want to preserve that as a campaign issue. But if you go after those big three entitlements, you're just losing on your own. Yeah. You're defeating yourself. Yeah. And that's just a fact. And uh, Ron DeSantis, and then we have this other issue of the coming you know, primary in, in 2024. Clearly, it's going to be Trump versus DeSantis versus Pence versus Pompeo. There's 14 others. Pence. There's 14 yeah. others I saw and on so, a screen. Yeah. So it's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, DeSantis is going to get crushed. If he doesn't run now, though, his time is maybe not going to come again. People advising him are telling him, wait till 28. I'm telling you right now. And you say he gets crushed in a 14-way race. He doesn't necessarily. Yeah, race, that's what you mean. Right, right, yeah. yeah. If it's so, this is why I said or a five-way race, yeah. This is why I said in the article, Ronna McDaniel needs to acknowledge as RNC chairwoman, it's going to be Trump versus DeSantis and all the other candidates are disallowed from running in 24. That if we, the Republican voter deserves a clean shot to see who's going to be their next leader, whether it's Trump or DeSantis. And if you have the, the seven dwarves out there, all it's going to do is cloud the issue and prevent the Republican voter from getting the best candidate possible going against the Democrats. Because let me tell you something, whether it's Biden, whether it's Gavin Newsom, whether whoever, it doesn't matter. The Democrats are playing for keeps and by hook or crook, 
they're going to play hardball and they're going to win by default because the Republicans are going to look like crazy people after that primary, especially if we take the country over the economic cliff with this stupid debt ceiling fight, which we shouldn't be having for another two and a half years. We got to wait till we have more power. We have one house of one branch of government and we're barely clinging on. And the Republicans are picking fights with everybody over this stuff and they're not going to win any of it. This is just crazy town stuff. We're giving the future to the Democrats under present conditions. My article outlines how we cannot give that to them so easily. One of those things is we tell DeSantis and Trump, they're the two running. Duke it out. Good luck. God bless. Whoever wins is going to be the nominee, and then we're going to get behind you fully. You preserve that. Then you, in the House side, the House needs to be pushing legislation, not trying to blow up the economy. They need to be going after Hunter Biden's laptop and going after Democrat corruption, not talking about these booing of Social Security or whatever. They need to get serious now because for the next year and a half, this is it. And it's going to be touch and go. And we are not playing for keeps. And the Democrats most certainly are. And we better up our game. And that means dancing with the ones who brought you, including McCarthy, even though we don't like him. But he's there. He's the guy in the House leading us. I have so to say, so far, so good with him. I, he hasn't given me any reason, right? I agree. Yeah. You know, a lot, of, a lot of malarkey was said about him. And so far, he really hasn't done that badly. And most of what he's doing, he had said before that stupid showdown occurred yeah, on the House exactly floor. Right. He said he was going to do anyway. That's exactly right. Well, Brandon, you, uh, you're the best. I, I thank you so much for your scholarship. I thank you so much for your talent, but I thank you so much, even more so, for always sharing it with us on these Mondays. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Brandon J. Weikert, Brandon Weikert, publisher of The Weikert Report, author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. He's author of The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy, and Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. You can read him at the Asia Times, the Washington Times, all the important publications. I'm Seth, and I'll be back with a concluding thought. Trying to remember exactly why. Yes, now I recall. Uh, we were invoking Ronald Reagan's uh, campaign speech uh, from um, September of 1980 uh, in um, in front of the Statue of Liberty. The reason we were recalling it last week was that's the speech uh, focused on the economy as it was. We had that great line about Jimmy Carter wanting to redefine depression and recession and all that sort of thing. And Reagan's big punchline was... Um, uh, a depression, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose yours and a recovery is when Jimmy Carter loses his. And we were doing that in comparison to Joe Biden's, uh, playing with the dictionaries and the sources and dealing with, um, his recessionary policies. But even in that speech, if you go back and read it, even in that speech, which was so heavily an economic speech, so dominantly an economic speech, Ronald Reagan, again, uh, did not pass up the opportunity, as I was saying with uh, Brandon, as he did in every single speech, talking about our national defenses and our fight then against Soviet communism. He even, towards the end of the speech, uh, revived his freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. He says, I want more than anything I've ever wanted to have an administration that will, through its actions, at home and in the international arena, let millions of people know that Miss Liberty still lifts her lamp beside the golden door. 
through our international broadcasting stations, the Voice of America, Radio Free Europe, and others. Let us send loud and clear the message that this generation of America intends to keep that lamp shining, that this dream, this last best hope of man on earth, this nation under God shall not perish from the earth, and we will cherish the price of freedom we have paid because we know it's worth the price, and if it's lost, it can't return. And then he had a word of support for the dissidents under communist rule in Poland. Yeah, the stakes are high now, folks. It's not just about the economy. It's not just about our national security. It's about who we are as well. It's all, as Lincoln said, our land. It's all our territory. We have a lot of fighting to do. Until tomorrow, I'm Seth Leibson. God bless you all. Class dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 